One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One Aslan ring to rule them all. Lion. One the ring to lion. find them. The great lion. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass. Books from Earth, a podcast. Relive your favorite books of fantasy, sci-fi, and apocalyptic stories. Yes, there are lots of spoilers. The spoiling is constant. Yes, there can be adult content. We are adults making content. Spoilers, adult content, books from Earth. Time to relive a favorite book. Welcome to the Books from Earth podcast featuring Kim Harrison's gothic dive into a post-viral world of urban fantasy, Dead Witch Walking. Dead Witch Walking is the first book in her number one best-selling Hollows series that now includes over 15 books. A human decimating virus, a feud between pixies and fairies, living vampires, oxymoron, Cincinnati, a witch with a bounty on her head, a mysterious villain, plus demons. Today, we relive the inaugural Hollows book, Dead Witch Walking, with Books from Earth. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by my fellow Books from Earth podcasters, Lou. Hey, guys. Maureen. Hi, everyone. And Jack. Hi, Josh. <laughs> Hello. First, let's go back and revisit what this book is about. Thanks, Josh. So in the not-so-distant past of our alternative Earth in the Hollow series, a deadly virus took hold in tomatoes and killed most of the human population, but not the population of witches, werewolves, and vampires who'd been living as humans for centuries. Coming out of hiding to help put the world back together, non-humans and humans live together in an uneasy truce. Humans are afraid of the power the witches, werewolves, and vamps wield, as well as tomatoes. Non-humans are the same as before, just trying to get by without getting a bad name for themselves. But finally, out of the shadows with the world showing a distasteful acceptance of their existence. Rachel Morgan, our main character, is the witchy equivalent of an FBI agent whose career has stalled despite her talent after a series of mistakes. But as she tries to leave her job, she ends up taking an overlooking overlooked wingman pixie jenks and the top agent uh, and living vampire ivy with her since ivy can't be targeted rachel's boss puts a contract out on rachel's life rachel and ivy go into business together as bounty hunters and private investigators and ivy offers rachel a place to live for reasons all her own while navigating the intricacies of living with a blood-starved predator rachel tries to pay off her contract on her life start her own business bring down Cincinnati's top citizen, Trent Kalamak, and try to keep her soul clear of black magic and the stink of the demon-infested ever after. And I absolutely love this book and series. Um, I think it's exciting. It's fun. Like, there's a little bit of love thrown in there, but it's not the goal. You know, Rachel has her own, like, aspirations and things she wants to do and her own problems that have nothing to do with men, which is, I find nice. And having read the rest of the series, the rest of the series does suffer some some of the bloat writing, but important character developments and plot points are right in book one, and they don't reveal themselves until much later in the series. And I'm going to try and not spoil it <laughs> during this podcast. 
Um, I'm a big fan of the long con and I am very easily distracted. So there's a lot of stuff that I, that I miss that later on you get these wonderful surprises. Um, you know, the, the world of the hollows is expansive and the personality conflicts are realistic, but they're resolved in a really adult manner. And like, I always compare everything to wheel of time and wheel of time has, you know, realistic conflicts, but they're, they don't talk to each other. And in this book, they all talk to each other and, and work out those personality conflicts. And then on top of that, the book is just, it's this whole series is very, very clever and, and very well thought out. Thanks, Maureen. I thought this book had one of the best opening chapters of any series I've ever read, just setting up a world so quickly, so swiftly, with so many huge paradigmatic ideas, like the turn and the various magical fantasy mythical creatures coming out of hiding it was it was <laughs> really funny. When you first brought this book, you asked us if it's chiclet. And when I say that, I think of the gum, but I know you're not thinking about the gum. What what is chiclet? And let's talk a little bit about how this is chiclet or not, and maybe some other books that series that could be or definitely aren't chiclet. Got it. So I don't know how I define chiclet. It's it's like the difference between art and porn. I don't know which one it is, but I know it when I see it, you know. The chiclet stuff is the the notebook, the fault in our stars, like all of that stuff, which definitely has a time and place, usually at the beach. But, like, one of the things that I was really, like, I, I worried about bringing this book to the pod because it means a lot to me. And um, and I took a lot away from the whole series. And it is a female author writing about a female character. And a lot of times, those two things together get put into this category of chiclet where, you know, it's about, you know, does she get the guy, you know, the two guys are fighting over her. It's done in 200 pages and we all had a good time at the beach. There's so much in this series that like I took away from, and I, I think I grew as a person reading this series and it helped me out. And when we get to favorite passages, I'll talk about, you know, um, my favorite passage and, and what that means to me in terms of my own life and the people around me. I, I think it's a little different than your typical chiclet in that there's a lot of there's a lot of meaning in this books, these books, and the characters are very realistic, but at the same time also very adult. Question. Mm-hmm. Is Hunger Games chiclet? That is a great question. And at first I thought so until I read somebody's interpretation of the series and then went back and reread it. And I found a ton of value in it after that. Not that I didn't find value in it in the original, but I just took it at face value for what it was. This blogger named Marco Shiro, and I read his thoughts on the Hunger Games after he read them, and they were fantastic and i there was so much that i missed he's a fan of the pod by the way oh is he yeah um <laughs> is the time traveler's wife chiclet i haven't read it okay. so i don't know okay does margaret atwood write 
chiclet. No, I, that's, you know what? And that's a good, that's a good thing. I don't think Margaret, or that's a good example. I don't think Margaret Atwood writes chiclet eat like in the, in the term of like, I can read this at the beach and, and, you know, put like chiclet, I guess if we're talking about it this way, it's pulp fiction geared toward women. Does that, I, I, I suppose that Got would it. be a good definition. Does that make sense? That helps. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know how many guys are picking up the notebook on their beach vacation, but, like, a lot of guys have read The Handmaid's Tale or Oryx and Crake or... Love uh, Oryx and Crake. Oh, it's a great book. It's a great book. Yeah. So some of these things that I thought of that could be chiclet. I'm not sure if they are. So you, you guys let me know. Uh... They called the ma- male magicians warlocks. Oh, that was very chiclet. Very chiclet because in non-chiclet, you are a druid. You're a sorcerer or you're a magi. But in chiclet, you're a warlock. I don't know. <laughs> didn't, didn't feel very masculine. <laughs> you're <Right>? uh... <laughs> Well, if you're a war, there's no war, there's no witch D and D class, but there is a warlock D and D class. Okay, maybe, okay, counterpoint, but counterpoint like taken, I, but it just doesn't feel as masculine or male to be a warlock. Dude, well, in this Gandalf, right? It is warlock of them all. Okay, but that's I, pretty Gandalf warlock. <laughs> Gandalf is I, warlock. <laughs> I see what you're saying because warlock has a bad connotation in this book and it is applied to the like not so great character. And then he Percy, and then he finally like becomes a witch and all, and they are gender based names. And then he becomes a witch and all of a sudden he's better. So I can see where you're coming from on that. Maybe it's the tendency that, when one thinks of witches, and then there's this offshoot of witches that happen to be male gender, and they're called warlocks. But when you say druid, I mean, who like, you or you druid. say sorcerer or magi. I don't no, know. man. No. You're going to start me on D&D, and it's bad. Like, the, a druid has no gender base. <laughs> it is done, it's nature-based magic. And warlock is something where it's ingrown within you. Sorcerer is ingrown within you, which, you, which is something where you take something from the outside and turn it into something different. Like, the... Well, I'll I'll give you my I'll give you my player's handbook, Josh. <laughs> okay, all right. So warlock's not a chicken. Gandalf, dude. Gandalf was a warlock. Gandalf the Grey. And when I think druid, Josh, I don't think magician. I think earth magic and non-edged weapons, staffs. And when I I, I okay. when I think magician, I think somebody that plays with cards and coins and and <laughs> bunnies and hats. Okay, here, okay, here's another one that I think makes it kit lit. Erotic vampire literature, where crazy things are done to men. I don't think I, you I, see that. You not I see agree. that. In, yes, I agree. Absolutely. Okay, all right. Okay, I agree. Okay, so I didn't read the vampire 
books that are slipping my mind. The ones with Kristen Stewart. Twilight? Oh, uh, no. Uh, Twilight. Sorry, Pod. <laughs> Sorry if you're a Twilight fan. That's not me. That's YA. That's not Chiclet. I think that I do believe that that is Chiclet. It is like, chiclet. I would, the I movies were chick lit yeah. I saw the movies. They were rather ch- chicky lit There's like one movie where they just stayed in a living room the whole time. <laughs> they were on court, and it was just all about thoughts and feelings for the entire movie. <laughs> so if you like chiclet, and I looked up the definition of chiclet, it says literature that appeals mainly to women, but this book appealed to me. So does it make get chiclet? I want to finish the rest of her, her line. I thought so it was great. Did, why did it appeal to you, Lou? Well, I am a fantasy guy, and I like, I mean, I just, you know, I like all sorts of fantasies, pixies, vampires, magic, witches, and uh, that's, you know, so it was, the world appealed to me, you know. Got it. The way yeah. that she built up the world, I really like that, you know, so... I like any fantasy. I got a question about the world. Mm-hmm. What percentage of the population post tomato virus is non-human? If I recall correctly, I want to say seventy-five percent, but I may not be correct. Is that. non-human? Yes. And Are I you including pixies, fairies, pixies, demons? Yes. Where foxes and other types of wares. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But going back to Lou's thing real quick. So comparing this to what I know of the Twilight series, there the structure between the two is very similar. This is it's the they're both like that urban fantasy genre. But like the does the Twilight series appeal to you, Lou? No, it's too goody two shoes for me. Okay. You no. Know? This had a raw edge to it, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, it hit, it, there was a raw edge to it, and um, it wasn't too overly violent at all, you know. But um, it had that raw edge that I, I, I liked and that sex appeal, you know. So I didn't feel like I was reading something like PG-13 or YA. Not to judge those books, <laughs> you know, but... Because um, I, I thought... I thought it had the... a little more substance than two guys fighting over yes. a girl. Yes, yes. And exactly. I think that's what like we're looking at here is there's a little bit more substance in this book than just guys, two guys fighting over a girl. Yes. In fact, I don't know if anybody was fighting for a girl in this whole book, except no. except the one guy. I forgot his Ivy. Name. Ivy's not sure if she's fighting for a yeah. girl. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, Ivy. Right, that's another... in there. I know. Can I can I ask you guys about that real quick? Because this like as a woman reading this book, I like the first time I read it, I did not I mean, I guess there's sexual tension there and that's fine, right? But like that was not the main thing that I picked up on it. And it was it was that Ivy is a predator and like that is her nature. And, like, it's not that Ivy, the, the tension between them is not because Ivy wants to be with Rachel. It's because Ivy wants to eat Rachel. Okay. 
So what about... Okay, wait a minute. I just thought about what I said. <laughs> yeah. She, she just wants to suck on her. She doesn't actually want to eat her because once you eat the source, you've blown it. This wants to suck. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't want to blow it exactly. So, <laughs> wow, Jack. Interview with the vampire. Did you read that? No, but I saw the movie a long time ago. Okay. I read the books a long time ago. I'm a different person now. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was the old Jack. And there's major sexual tension between Vampire Lestat and whatever the other, the main vampire was. And it's homoerotic. I thought this was also homoerotic, and I think it's a vampire trope. I think you're probably right about that, yes. yes. That vampires are, like, oversexed and powerful and, like, you know. Pansexual. Yeah, yeah, and represent the predators in society, which I'm not sure that that is a, it, because it, they they do often go hand in hand, and it's not very um, it's not a very flattering portrayal of pansexual people. Do you know what I mean? So, but like, and and again, when we get to my favorite passage, like there's, I like how she addresses some of that stuff. Like, I like how Kim Harrison, oh, I don't know if I mentioned the author, Kim Harrison, but, like, I like how she addresses a lot of those tropes. She does. And there there was, so this was not, not chick lit. Okay, we're, we're in debate about this is chick lit. I'm, I'm leaning towards it's not. It's, but there's some chick lit features. No, dude, so it's if it were not, straight up. It's straight up chick lit. If it was not, okay, all right, well, I like whatever. Cause, I, I like chick lit. I like the book, so I guess I like Chicklet. Um, I can like, like the book the, and know that it's transmitting on a Chicklet frequency. Well, part of the <laughs> part of the frequency is that Ivy and Rachel like talk about their feelings and where they stand with each other, like pretty regularly. They keep kind of current on their like emotional posture with each other. I don't know any. I mean, they're not doing that in Lord of the Rings. Like, you know, Samwise Gandalf. Gandalf. Yeah, right. Yeah. The Warlock. Gandalf the Warlock. The very touchy feely. <laughs> uh, you know, Gandalf, you, you fell in that pit. Why did you take so long to come back? I'm very sorry, Aragorn, but I had to conquer that demon first. I know you had to conquer the demon, but don't you know how much you were missed? That demon was very difficult, and I missed you too while I was conquering that demon. I mean, there's there's nothing there, you know, nothing. So, All right, but yeah, okay, yep. I mean, like I can see it being chiclet, but I think it's like chiclet plus, you know, like a little. It's it, there's a little bit more to it than just, you know, I wouldn't put it in line with the Twilight series, you know. Yeah, no, me neither. And I, I actually love the tension between Ivy and Rachel, especially how Ivy started to describe to Rachel why Ivy was being so pulled towards Rachel because Rachel's reaction to Ivy was attracting it even more. And it was like oh. that, that. That was a cool that, that I like that. I like that. That was interesting. Uh, and it sets up for some really funny stuff, like having to read the dating guide. <laughs> right. Right. She gets the dating guide. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And she's Don't reading it on clothes. the bus. Yeah. 
<laughs> and they're coming up to her checkout page 52. <laughs> yeah. And she's just learning how to function in, in her house. <laughs> I love it. It's very funny. <laughs> so, tropes. Somebody mentioned tropes. What what were some tropes that uh, good observation Jack on on the vampire um, homoerotic? But what else? What else we got? What are some other good fantasy tropes taking place here? Magic, right? Magic making spells, brewing spells. That was just seems so fantasy, right on. Uh, usual cast of kind of fantasy creatures, mythical creatures. The dude across the street who seems to know something and arrives at the right time. Keasley, he's my favorite. <laughs> Did he ever figure out what he is? Is he a witch? He's a witch. No, he's a warlock. No, he's a witch. Oh. He's a, he's a full-blown witch. He's a full-blown I... witch, bro. Okay. Got it. So hold on, your... hold on. I'm confused. Warlocks are not witches. Correct. No, they're not. Correct. Not in this not in this universe. Yeah. They're a little weaker than witches. You have to pass a test or whatever to become a witch. Really? Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So warlock is a lower level. Yeah. Yes. I gotta read this book close more closely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was my whole confusion. <laughs> I know. If that, that, if your whole argument. You I know. Your whole <laughs> argument earlier when you were like, oh, warlock. Now <laughs> it casts in a little different light for you. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, becoming clear. Okay. Here's some tropes that were turned upside down that I really liked. My favorite one that just made me laugh out loud was established really early on. It said all the elves are dead. All the elves oh. died. Like In all the fantasy literature, elves are like the superior beings. The immortals. Whenever you go to the elves, everybody is saved. And here they just get like wiped out early on, and they're gone. There's no yeah. elves coming to the queue. There's nobody to like challenge the vamps. You know, elves versus vamps. I can see that happening. It's you know, it's urban fantasy. It's dark. It's gothic, and Phil, you know, it's noir type. And there's no bright, beautiful elves that are going to come say. I just I love that the elves got trashed. And you know, other things like where foxes survived. Yes, I do. I absolutely love that. That is what it's like. You you get the high, sexy and distant and like that whole class of character that is like so ethereal. And they're just like, yeah, no elves. Bye. <laughs> Be a different world with the elves. Um, I thought it was interesting that fairies were mean. In oh, this, right. Maybe I'm going to yeah. learn more later down the road. But but they're like. They're fighting against the pixies, and I like Jinx, and Jinx is a pixie, so I don't like fairies by association. So that was different. Fairies are like fairy godmother with her wand. Now, maybe they are late in later books, but in this book, they're they're, – They're like the Irish with the blood feud. Yeah. Yeah, between the pixies. Uh. Where's the difference between a pixie and and a fairy? I, I think it's race. I think it's a. I think it is. Uh, this now I've only read obviously book one of fifteen, but I think <laughs> I think it's it's drawn along race lines. That's what it, I. Yeah, the first thing is species. size. Yeah, the first thing is size. The second is their type of wings. The third is the type of weapons. Like there's there's a very distinct line. Could and then, they 
could they crossbreed? I don't. They have not crossbreeded in this series. I don't know if they can in this universe, but I don't recall seeing a crossbred fairy in a pixie. And a fairy is much more like an elf and a uh like the the shape and build of an elf and a pixie is much more of a human build. So oh, fairies and they look don't, like pixies with pointy ears? Yeah, uh fairies look like they're taller in stature, they are they're leaner, um they're more they're more regal. Uh, uh, there was one more thing. Oh, darn it. Um, I picture him being more snobby. Yes. Very more snobby. Yes. So there's, there's a very, my first D and D character was based on Jenks. Not my first one, but one of my first ones. Yeah. So I do love, I love the pixies here in this series. Oh, that's, that was the one I forgot, which is why I needed to do that talking. Um, pixies, breed larger and faster than fairies um so it's it's like the the insects versus the mammals if that in that sort of like species interwar you know the insects go large amounts fast smaller they've got the speed whereas the mammals have the power and the smaller numbers um but with larger uh, food consumption, resource consumption. This book is, mm-hmm. this whole universe is really mm-hmm. thought out and very amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is very smart. <laughs> the fairies are, are mean. The fairies can be hired as assassins. I mean, that's not, you know, your Disney fairy. <laughs> Correct. Oh. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yes. And the, the witches I also the other the other trope about, um, you know, your typical fantasy character that I like is the witches are not they're divided into nature based witches and like spiritual witches. And the nature based witches are considered the good witches, whereas the spiritual witches are considered the bad witches. And a lot of times it's like the other way around or they don't do a distinction like it's it's. There's a lot of distinctions there. I'm talking about the ley lines. The ley lines yes. are a spiritual thing to tap into and yes. got it. Or if you have to they use blood. You. Yeah, exactly. Maureen, you've been mentioning some favorite passages. Would this be a good time? I would love to. So mine came from the chapter right after um, Rachel got back to the church um, and Keesley, like after suffering the demon attack and Keesley is sewing her up. Keezy says, you've made a strong ally there, he said softly. Madalena, I had mom br- held my breath, trying not to hyperventilate. I can't imagine why, I said as I exhaled. I've continually put her husband and family at risk. Mm, he put Ivy's pan of water on his knees and gently lowered my wrist into it. I hissed at the bite of water, then relaxed as the pain amulets dulled it. He prodded my wrist and I yelped, trying to jerk away. You want some advice, he asked. No. Good. Listen anyway. Looks to me like you've become the leader here. Accept it. Know it comes with a price. People will be doing things for you. Don't be selfish. Let them. I owe Nick and Jenks my life, I said, hating it. What's so great about that? No, you don't. Because of you, Nick no longer has to kill rats to stay alive. And Jenks' life expectancy has nearly doubled. I pulled away 
and this time he let me go. How do you figure that? I said suspiciously. The resonant tang of the pan hitting the coffee table was sharp as Keesley set it aside. He tucked a pink towel under my wrist and I forced myself to look at it. The tissue looked more normal. A slow welling of blood rose to hide the damage, spilling over my wet skin to flow messily onto the towel. You made Jinx a partner, he said as he ripped open a gauze pad and dabbed at me. He has more at risk than a job. He has a garden. Tonight you made it his for as long as he wants. I've never heard of leasing property to a pixie, but I would wager it will hold up in a human or interland court if another clan challenged it. You guaranteed that all his children have a place to survive until adulthood, not just the few firstborn. I think that's worth an afternoon of hide and seek in a room full of lunkers to him. And the reason I liked this, I liked this whole chapter a lot is because that whole chapter is about gaining new perspective. If you look at the beginning of the chapter, um, Keasley distrusts Ivy. He doesn't like her. You know, he's the he is the wise old man trope in this series. But he comes in with certain prejudices and notions um, against, you know, the the typical predatory character. But we know from our interactions with Ivy in the book that she is trying very hard, you know. So, but at the same time, he's also got enough awareness to look around him and see things from other people's points of view and see their struggles in what they're going with or what they're working with. Um, so I, that whole chapter of the, uh, and the whole book kind of opens a new world for me and reminds me that I need to take a step back and look at, at other people. Because like Rachel says, you know, she never considered what Jenks's life was like, you know? And Keasley has yet to consider what Ivy's like life is like as an abstinent vampire. I thought it was very well developed. I thought the message underneath it is very powerful. And I, I take a lot away from it. It was good. Yeah, that was a great that was a great moment in the story. What um, one of our themes might be has to do with this building of trust that happens in book one. Uh, by the end, everybody kind of comes together and 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 kind of rallies around Rachel, and Rachel begins to relax and let other people help her what where could we see this going what needs to happen what does rachel need to do to mm, like become her best self what can she do i can't answer that question i can't (laughs) i can't i don't want to spoil it for you guys if you choose to read it or anybody that's listening so other people are going to have to answer that question and I'll laugh at your answers. <laughs> so I guess that part wasn't, wasn't as strong for me. I felt like the first book is introducing us to the core of the super friends and they're probably going to build on the super friends if I was to guess. And they've got a pretty good villain here. 
and uh, don't know his deal. And then the guy slipping my mind, but her romantic interest, it never comes to fruition. What's the guy? He was a rat and got changed. Nick. Yeah. So Nick. there's Nick. There's a bit. There's Nick's backstory, and I'm sure there's like betrayal. How could you type stuff there? And maybe a falling out and a coming back together. Uh, that would be where I would guess this goes. And then Denon's backstory, um, I find I'd want to know more about too, right? Because he's not just – I mean if he's just a thug, that's great. But then there's got to be um, who's controlling him, you know, and that's interesting. So I was not – I was keyed into plot stuff more than character stuff and i will i will say that the best mysteries are the ones that you didn't realize were there interesting hmm. interesting <clears throat> for me it was um I, I i felt like she wasn't strong enough as a witch you know throughout the whole book in the and she was kind of growing she's kind of growing into a power right but we don't know how powerful she is and then from the title of the book i thought she was i thought she was going to be a witch vampire like, <laughs> like i ivy love was that gonna break ivy was going to break and just you know bite her and she was going to become a vamp but you she need was to write a, a book witch. she was a witch vamp that's what i was kind of hoping for but i guess that's not going to happen but um she you know i think that as a witch her powers need to grow also so I think that's what that's what the next book is going to be is her growing in her witchiness, you know, and her power because she's already a powerful witch. You know, she's scared she, of her, she's scared of her power. She is scared of her power. She's yeah. scared of her power. And I don't she know that if one, she knows how much power she has. What what? How do you see that playing out, Lou? Like, what direction do you think that that would go in? Well, with the with those um, what are those fault lines? <laughs> what, are the, what are they called? The <laughs> ley lines. The, the ley lines. Mm-hmm. I think will have a big um, role to play, you know, because I don't know what, you know, she she tapped into, I guess, a really powerful ley line, and if if she's not, you know, and she's not like a, just a run of the day, you know just a little witch you know what i mean she's a powerful witch and she has no i don't think she has a clue how powerful she is you know and then also her house you know happens to be this you know it just it just happens to be on a ley line that's really powerful you know what i mean so this is they can go she can do a lot with this you know and i, I think that's what kind of makes it exciting you know to be like i want to read book two you know see 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 what happens you know and i just can't believe there's 14 books you know and <clears throat> i like dragons so i hope dragons come in <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's like i do that's book eight. i love right around book eight. <laughs> <laughs> I like the dragons. only comment i can say to you lou is you're oh, much yeah, they are smarter than i am <laughs> no yeah, <laughs> I just read it, a lot of fantasy books. <laughs> and Harry it. Potter were teased with the magic, like 
first year book, they have like these little spells that can do a little bit, you know, and then as as the kids grow up and learn more, their their magical ability becomes greater and greater and greater. And I can see that developing here with with Rachel. And I, I don't think she becomes a bitch until like book 12. They're, <laughs> Kip's got to lead us on with that. <laughs> so can I ask, what did you guys see foreshadowed? Because I I miss foreshadowing everywhere. I'm very dense when it, it comes too. to that stuff. I stuff. had no idea if there was any foreshadowing. Within there this is. book, like they telegraph a puncher early in the book, and then you get to... There are, yes, there are multiple punches in the first five chapters that become major plot points in book four, in book, and in I mean, book I seven would say have, her, have her, her, devastating her, consequences. Yeah, her parents, the relationship with her dad, right? Mm-hmm. There's stuff there. but And that goes for both Ivy and Rachel. Mm-hmm. I think I think what whoever's behind Denon, right, is is part of the big bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't reading it that way. Right. And cause the thing is, is she's very clever at masking stuff with humor. Yes. Yes. Very clever. So I have a, I have a, a quote I'll read. It's a short one, Josh. And it, it goes to um, the humor. And I think Anybody who's dealt with a bureaucracy will understand. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Most of the upper management of IS were undead. I always thought it was because the job was easier if you didn't have a soul. (laughs) 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 Yep. Oh, man. So she's breaking free of the bureaucracy. She's breaking free. Foreshadowing for some of the major plot points in character development and world building in book two. That one line. (laughs) Well, she 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 goes to work for the human mind, right? The FIB. The FIB. I was going to say FBI, but I didn't want to stop stupid. FIB. One one last thing here. Um, favorite fantasy creature. If you were in this world, you know I'm not picking warlock. Um, what <laughs> <laughs> what what creature would you want to be? Or human, non-human? What do you got? Starting if we're just talking about book one. Yeah, book one only. I, I want to be a demon because they're fun. (laughs) Going right for the demon, demon mark people, you know. Shape shifting, beating people up, being sassy. (laughs) These are a few of my favorite things. (laughs) I think I'll go, I would go um, Pixie. I don't like the diminutive, you know, how small they are. That would bother me. But, um, you know, being called a bug and all that stuff <laughs> would be lame. Yeah. But they have a, you know, like you get yourself a little garden, you get your family there, right? Yeah. You do some recon type work. That's not bad. Yeah. Could hook people up with pixie dust. 
from time to time. Do him a real favor. Yeah. Or or harm, depending on you know which pixie dust you're dropping. <laughs> and your your wife is a healer. Your wife's a healer. Yeah. Yeah. And you're Plus throwing you're... off these mega pheromones. <laughs> yeah, you're busy in bed. Pixies are busy in bed for well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love. Oh, that was my favorite. That was another one of my favorite things is that Jenks's wish was to become sterile so Madalena wouldn't leave him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then when he got a garden. Then when he got right. a garden. <laughs> so Ivy still has a Ivy still has a wish, and Rachel has a demon mark on her. So there's definitely some things for future books to. I think catch. I've used her wish. Um, so Jack would be a pixie, Maureen would be a demon. What about you, Lou? I kind of like my humanness, so I think I'll be a witch. You know, warlock, dude. No, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Lou. How, how are you a test taking? <laughs> you a good test taker? Uh, not really. <laughs> You, you're good in the kitchen. You're good in the kitchen, Lou. So I am you're good, good in the kitchen. Those potions. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm great in the kitchen. So. Yeah. Got it. A warlock? No, 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 no. In this world, I'd be a witch. Um, I think I would, I would, I would be a living be... vamp. I think I'd be a living vamp. I just can't. Vamp. But not one of the second class ones. I'm going to be like in in, in Ivy's class. Um, a rich, a rich vamp. Yeah, old Born. family. You were like one of the originals <laughs> or something. And. So, yeah. Question: Do the vamps run everything? Do, do they have the money? Because they've been alive for so long. Good question. Welcome to the second book. <laughs> ah. There's definitely some vamp feuds that are like foreshadowed in this book coming up. There's that one old vamp of Cincinnati that. It's scary. Know, yeah. 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 You know what? Let's take a break and have a word from our sponsor for this episode of Books from Earth on Dead Witch Walking by Kim Harrison. Then we'll come back and do Hollywood. Thanks, Josh. Books from Earth is teaming up with our friends from The Emperor's New Clothier. Clothes so comfortable, it's like wearing nothing at all. (laughs) Whether you're looking to update your professional wardrobe or just getting started – The Emperor's New Clothier looks forward to helping you every step of the way. How? (laughs) Their team has a deep and broad understanding of the fine clothing industry, from the quality and care of your garments to how each garment should fit, to the latest in seasonal trends that are appropriate for you and your lifestyle. I recently purchased their award-winning boxer briefs. They're called the Commando. Super comfortable. After jumping out of the shower, I threw those babies on and amazing. I personally can't stand to be hot, and the Commando boxer briefs are as light as air. I swear I couldn't even see them. I'm not exaggerating. That's how lightweight they are. So lightweight. So cool. It really felt like I had nothing on at all. The Emperor's New Clothier makes the best boxer briefs I've ever worn. As a matter of fact, I like them so much, I'm definitely going to get more of their clothes. The Emperor's New Clothier makes great gift ideas, too. I got my wife a pair of their uh, yoga pants. They're called Inviso. Pretty cool name. I will be giving them to her for her birthday. So it's kind of like a birthday suit, I guess you could say. Uh, I already got her the yoga pants in the mail. And again, um, I opened them up so light. It seemed like there was nothing in the box at all. And I know Jenny will love them. The Emperor's New Clothier, like wearing nothing at all. 
Get 40% off on your next order if you use our code at checkout. Find them on the web at www.booksfromearth.com backslash Emperor's New Clothier. And use our code at checkout. That's B-O-E. Use B-O-E at checkout for 40% off your next purchase. The Emperor's New Clothier, like wearing nothing at all. Now, back to the pod. Thank you, Jack. And thank you, Emperor's New Clothier. I love your neckties. You know, every time I put it on, it's like doesn't feel constricting at all. And according to the catalog, you have stripes, polka dots, and everything. So you got I got one of each, and I just know when I put it on, I'm gonna meet that requirement to wear that tie, and I'm not gonna feel like I'm wearing it. Do you guys like the hat I'm wearing? Oh, see, oh. And I'm I'm also wearing the hat. I had to go out this morning in the sun, so it was very nice because I don't do hats well, but the sun was still shading me, or the hat was still shading me from the sun. Mm-hmm. I ordered their sweatpants, and I'm wearing them right now. Should I stand up? And- yeah, let's see. Let's see. <laughs> I'm fashion conscious right now. Well, um, with all the zooming going on these days, it's quite possible that lots of people are wearing their Emperor's New Clothier sweatpants. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> we're in Hollywood. <laughs> Okay, get back together. Okay. <laughs> we are in Hollywood. We're casting. We have unlimited budget, and we can pick from anybody because everybody loves being in our films. And now we're finally doing the first story of the Hollows series, and everybody wants to be in it because the newest, hottest, best thing. All right, let's do some casting. I don't think we have time to cast everybody just in this first session of casting thoughts, but we should tackle the big one first. Rachel, our lead. Wow, if this thing goes big. We got 15 books. That's a lot of movies. That's a lot of TV series. We can't get this one wrong, guys. Who do we got? I, I got Jack. one. Oh, go for it, Jack. Go for it. Tilda Swinton. Ooh. Ooh. Josh turned his head, doesn't know who that is. So she um, threw me under the bus. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, biggest movies that she's been in. Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange. Yeah, she's like, uh, what's her role in Doctor Strange? She's kind of like, she the was ancient. even in, yeah, she was the ancient one. Yes. In Doctor Strange. She's in Snowpiercer. Um, Okja, the Netflix one. Um, and she has a very unusual look. She's very thin. And... Um, uh, can play a, a mysterious person very well, and I think if this character had some mystery, it would make him more. You know, that would be good. I went with Karen Gillian from um, Doctor Who and Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy because um, she's a redhead. She can kick some ass. Um, she's got the right body type, like, and she's sassy and saucy. Oh, yeah, Jumanji. Oh, was she in Jumanji? Yeah, the two new ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a good one. She's a good one. So I, I was focused on the redhead thing. Uh, could be too limiting. But so there is uh, 
Deborah Ann Wool from True Blood. Mm. I, I thought about her. I thought about her. She can kick some ass. Yeah, I think she could be an ass kicker. She's done she's done fantasy before. Could work. Could work. She's also tall, and I think the Rachel's supposed to be tall. Yeah. Um, yep. Maybe Amy Adams, but she might be too light. She might too be cute. too lightweight. Too, too cute. cute. Yeah. Too cute. Yeah. From Game of Thrones, there's Rose Leslie, but she might be too too small. We can't have a casting without thinking about Game of Thrones. So I just that's, that's my game a of fact. <laughs> I had um, Kirna Shipka. She is Sabrina, the teenage witch. She might I be love too. Her. She might be a little young mm-hmm. because I don't know how old um, Rachel is. Do we know 26. how old she is? Twenty six. Yeah, she might be a little too young. Um, so, but she'll be. I think she'll be great. You know. She's a great uh, Sabrina. She's a great Sabrina. You turned me on to that, you know that, right? Oh no, I didn't. Yeah, you turned oh. me on Sabrina. So you went, you witch. just went with the witch thing. Yes, <laughs> I went with the witch thing. Uh, it would be we're well, not really, really pay her, or she'll be typecast as a witch. Yeah, she'll be. Well, great. I mean, I don't know 15, if fifteen. If we do fifteen movies or fifteen seasons, that's a lot. She could. You know, she's, she stayed. It may be good to get somebody young because they could be staying with us for a long time. Yes, that's a great idea, Josh. Mm. Yeah, good call. Yeah, yeah. hassle working with them sometime, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ivy, Ivy, Ivy's got to be good. Ivy's got to be good. I had, Dude, I have a good one for Ivy. What do you got? I, Go for I it. One known a writer. Mm. Dark. Yeah, you know she can do. She can play anything. She can Dark. do anything. But I don't. I. I don't know, man. She can't. She do a dangerous. She is. She can play dangerous. Can she play predatory? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. I don't know. I'm not feeling. I, you're not feeling Winona. Well, we no. gotta get. Yeah, it's Winona. If she'll. You know, come and do the tryout. If she, I mean, we'll bring her for a read. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she has to have a lot of sex appeal, huh? Mm. I, I got so. one. I got one. Okay. Kristen Ritter, who is Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. She's good. She was also in um, uh, Breaking she's Bad. Got Breaking Bad. Yeah, she's got the raven hair. She's pale. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's definitely dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like her, like stilettos, dangerous. Yeah, she's got the whole. She already does like a goth thing, just naturally. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Um, I went a little. So I I went back to uh, a much uh, show that MTV did a while back. Um. And uh, there's a were coyote in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the actress playing the were coyote, I think, could do the pre- predator thing pretty good. Her name is Shelly Hennig. She hasn't been in much, but she was she was good in the um, werewolf show that that MTV did. The woman I went with is G- Deachin Lockman. 
who you've probably seen her. She's just starting to get all of her roles. She was in Dollhouse. She's in Altered Carbon. Um, she is, an, number one, she's an incredible actress. If you ever watch Dollhouse, she's got an incredible range. Number two, she can What's her name? What's oh, her she's name? been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What's her name? Dichen Lachman. D-I-C-H-E-N-L-A-C-H-M-A-N. She's incredible. She's gotten a lot of roles, especially in sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah. And she's unbelievable. She's so, like, her her performance in Dollhouse was incredible. It was great. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was good. I liked, I liked, uh, Dollhouse was good. And then I felt like they were told, hey, you got to wrap the whole thing up this season. And then yeah. it just went bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they they did switch they switched gears there. <laughs> Should have been yeah. at least four seasons. <laughs> yeah, it was like suddenly it was like what time travel? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. good one, good one. That is a good one. She's exotic looking. I could see her doing the the whole seduction thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that Teen Wolf, worried. by the way. That was the MTV much rated MTV show. That, Got it. The, the yeah. where coyote comes from. Uh, uh, Jinx. I we got a nail shakes too. Yeah, I, got, I didn't have one. I got a great one. I got a good one too. I'll go last. Okay. Go ahead, Josh. Okay, there's a Brooklyn 99. Brooklyn 99. 99. Okay. Which is 9.99 when they're put together. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Joe looks really up. Joe looks really up. I love that guy. Sidekick. And he's a ham. He's funny. He's kind of small. He's bright. Mm. You know, I could see him being. I could see him being kind of a hammy pixie. Good one. That's a good, good one. one. Might that's be better than mine. Might be better yeah. than mine. Yeah, that's a good one. And cheaper have, than mine for sure. Mm. What do you got? Well, I'll I let had, Lou go first. Mm. I had Robert Sheehan. Um, Umbrella Academy, the crazy, crazy kid. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought he, I think he could make a good Jenks. You know, he's a little eccentric, but Jenks is a little eccentric. Jenks is definitely eccentric. Mm-hmm. You know, wild character. So I think right. that Robert Sheehan could be pretty good. Okay, I'm so far. I'm going with with the Brooklyn '99 guy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh. Jenks, if we can get him, Hugh Jackman, but in, but Hugh Jackman with a beard and a little bit more hair, like chest hair, longer hair. We're going for the whole pheromones thing, right? So Hugh Jackman, a lot of chest hair, long hair, full pheromones, wings. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, big. Big personality, Hugh Jackman. Big personality, small body, and he's a da- he's graceful. He knows how to move. He's got all the acting training on all that right. stuff. But we want Max okay. hair, Max okay. head hair, facial hair, chest hair, neck hair, like yeah, yeah, golden knee hair. Yeah. Ha- I feel like we'd have to do a C- CGI with with Jacks. They're so small. Mm, he's very small. But it'd be kind of like the old, the old time movies when they did special effects and they they made somebody small. Uh, yeah, 
Well, you know um, that there aren't really hobbits. And oh, Game of Thrones. Hold on, hold up there. What? No, hobbits aren't really real. <laughs> <laughs> but they're smaller but, than hobbits. They're but there, there were. But there was the, and they found some for that movie. Those were hobbits. We who was the guy who played the main hobbit? Elijah Wood. Yeah, Elijah Wood is not a hobbit. He's a real, normal-sized, full-grown person. But and know, they did not use CGI for him. Pixies are smaller than that. I know that. But you just do cam- camera angles. <laughs> so, so they do give a description um, later on in the books that Jenks looks like an 18-year-old surfer, bu- surfer dude. Mm. Oh. Johnny, how about Owen Wilson? Owen Wilson is one of my favorite passages, actually. Now that you mentioned oh. it. Oh. When that she was... when she shrinks down to the mink. Yep. Yay. And she, and she describes Chanks, and I was like, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to do the bad guy, Trent. I've got before we go to Trent. Are you are you doing? Um, Denon and the Weasley guy, double agent. Percy. Percy. Well, we can. We can. We can. Let yeah. me let me throw Percy at you really quick, because uh, it's a quick one. Um, you guys, are you familiar with the American version of The Office? Yes. Josh, you look perplexed. I I don't know how I could not be familiar with that. That's kind of how. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe. Oh yes, he would be perfect. Gabe. (laughs) Yeah, Gabe. Okay. He would be perfect. For Denon. Percy. Yeah. As Percy. For Denon, I'm going back to Brooklyn '99, and going with Terry Crews. Oh, I love him. He's great. I will watch him in anything. He is good. He is good in Brooklyn 99. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Those are my little uh, supporting acting roles. Okay. All right. Uh, is, you know, is Trent worthy in this for book one? He's worthy of a major role. Is, is somebody we need to be thinking about Maureen for maybe future books, future movies, future TV series? Yeah. Okay. Thought so. He's one of the long cons. I guess. So I had Tom Hardy. Mm. Okay. Remind me who Tom Hardy is. Inception, Venom, um, The Revenant. The Revenant. Wasn't he in The Revenant? I think he was. Uh, Yeah, he was the bad guy in The Revenant, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's done a bad guy before. In Venom, he really throws himself into the role big time. And I thought it was great. I know Venom wasn't as good as most Marvel movies in most people's opinions. I thought it was fun. Yep. In Inception, he, he played a serious role, serious guy. I remember Inception. That was a long time ago. <laughs> but I had Ryan Gosling. Okay. Oh. Another, another fan favorite. I loved him in The Good Guys. Mm-hmm. 
I I think he's great in everything he does. I think he can be funny. I like he would add a lot of humor to the role, but he has like the suaveness of lots of money. You know what I mean? Like he's got he's got the the poise to pull off. This is a very 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 rich man, and he's like good looking and you know, but at the same time ruthless. I see you're suave and ruthless, mm-hmm. and I raise you mm-hmm. to Don Draper. Who's that? From Mad Men. Didn't watch it. Um, I know. He, um, uh, John Ham is his real name. Oh, he, I love him. He's yeah. He's so good. He's so good. Did you guys watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah. Oh, she's so good in that. <laughs> so good in that. I I didn't get far enough to see him. Yes, you did. You just didn't know it was him. Really? I watched the like most of the first season. Yeah. Question for you. Question for you. Oh, he is. Okay. He's the Reverend. Yeah. <laughs> Maureen is yeah. Kimmy Schmidt. Chicklet TV watching. I don't know. It's a great. I that's a great question. I thought it was at first. I thought it was going to be like, who does Kimmy fall in love with? Um, but it. I liked it because it actually turned out to be more about her healing from, you know, that event. So I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's chicklet. It's aimed at women. Um, but again, I don't know if it's chicklet. Gotcha. Yeah. Lou, did you have a favorite passage? I did. Well, yeah, I had a favorite passage. I also had a Trent, too. Oh, let's hear your Trent. My Trent was Alexander Skarsgård. Do you know who that is? Yummy. True Blood. Yummy. True Blood. Yes. Good call. Yes. Yummy. Be good. What a (laughs) very good. He was great in True Blood. Yes, he was. So, my favorite passage was the description of Jenks when she just turned into a mink, right? And uh, she just turned herself into a mink, and she looks at she looks at Jank and, and um, Jenks, and he, she goes, I turned back to Jenks, jerking in surprise. Whoa, baby. Jenks was held on wings. He had a strong clearly defined shoulders to support his abilities to fly. He had a thin waist and a muscular physique. His, sh- his shock of fair hair fell artfully over his brow to give him a devil-may-care attitude. A spider wave of glitters laced his wings. Seeing him from his side, from his size perspective, I could, I could see why Jenks had more kids than three pairs, three pairs of rabbits. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, Jake's got some street cred. Yeah, he, yeah. He's a, he's a uh, he's 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 a sex machine. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. Rapid fire round. You all ready? Yeah. Never. Maybe. Okay. I don't like rapid. So the order <laughs> the order we will go in. We will we will go Jack first, then Lou, then Maureen. Oh, Lord. 
Okay. Jack, Jack, Lou, Maureen. Okay. All right. Rapid fire round. If you were a were, like a were fox, a were wolf, what were animal would you be? Were bear. Whoops. I'm sorry. I'm last. <laughs> you took were bear. <laughs> were tiger. Lou? Were lion. Lions okay. and tigers and bears. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Were duck. <laughs> what did you say, be a Josh? Were duck. Were duck. Be a were duck. Yeah. I can swim. I can fly. I can walk. Got it. I can do it all. Definitely. Uh, okay. You what type of where would you want to marry? Jack. Oh, geez. Uh, like a were dog. Okay. All right. Lou? Faithful. Faithful. Uh, wow. Where raccoon. No, that was going to be mine. Mischief. Yeah. Yep. They'll eat your trash. They bring shiny things. Yeah. Thanks. We're the same person. That's awesome. Well, I picked it because um, Harry, that's he, he he loves raccoons. So Aww. I thought about him. That's all. Oh, that's nice. I'm so shallow. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Okay. Do you want to be a witch or a vampire? Witch. witch. From this world, witch. Mm-hmm. Witch. That's from this world. Okay. Y'all are witches. Uh, okay. What is Trent? Maureen, you can't answer. Unless Thank you don't you. know. Jack, what is Trent? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why you keep reading to find yeah. out. Gotcha. I gotta hide my face. Okay, Lou, what's Trent? Um, Trent, I think, is a demon. I think he is the son of the devil, maybe. I don't know. That's my that's my suspicion. Okay. A weird demon. Okay. I think he could be like the last elf, but he's like a dark elf because in this world, like the tropes are kind of messed up, so he wouldn't necessarily be a bright shiny elf, but he could be like the last elf. Like a drow? He could be like a drow, yeah. But he's like shaving a lot to keep all that drow hair off. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is the demon going to ask of Rachel? Jack? I think it's going to be something that appears to be mundane, like a ride or something, but it won't be mundane. I have no idea, though. Mm-hmm. Lou, what's the demon going to ask of Rachel? I think it's going to be a spell to um, for him never to go back to the underworld. Uh, okay. Uh, Maureen, do you know the answer to this one? Yes. Okay, no, all right. Don't tell us. I think the demon is going to ask Rachel to go to Starbucks and get the most fucked up drink. Um, Can I do okay. One? Can I do a rapid fire? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, order on my screen. Jack, Lou, Josh. Ready? Ready. What was Ivy's wish? Not to eat Rachel. I have no idea. Sorry, I went first. I wasn't supposed to go first. That's okay. Her wish 
was that she could live forever with Rachel, but never bite her. Okay. I don't know. All right. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Did she use her wit? She did use her wish. That's right. Yeah, she went she out one she... night and used her wish. And I was like, yes. I feel like she used her wish very hastily. So, do you guys really think that Rachel is the most important thing to Ivy? Oh, is Rachel like a means to an end? Mm. That's that's my question to you. That's an interesting interpretation. Is Rachel really the most important thing to Ivy? I don't think so. Well, so. you know, Ivy's going to be immortal. Rachel is not. So I, when I feel like you're immortal, you're just playing a different game. I think she's going to bite her, turn her into a witch vamp. If she doesn't bite her by book four, I might put it down. I don't know. I just got, she's got to bite her. Maybe something happens, like she might come close to death and she's like, I can't lose you. I can't mm. lose you, bite her. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you taste so good, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got a favorite passage. It's from the beginning of the book. It's uh, it's when she, Rachel is is describing how upset she is about the assignments she's been getting from the IS. This was insulting. I had been with the IS for three years, seven if you counted my four years of clinicals, and here I was doing intern work. It was the interns that did the nitty-gritty day-to-day policing of Cincinnati and its largest suburb across the river, affectionately known as the Hollows. We picked up the supernatural stuff that the human-run FIB, short for the Federal Interland Bureau, couldn't handle. Minor spell disturbances and rescuing familiars out of trees were in the realm of an IS intern. But I was a full runner, damn it. It, I was better than this. I had done better than this. It had been I who single-handedly tracked down and apprehended the circle of dark witches who were circumventing the Cincinnati Zoo's secret spells to steal the monkeys, selling them to an underground biolab. But did I get any recognition for that? No. It had been I who realized that the loon digging up bodies in one of the churchyards was linked to the spate of deaths in the organ replacement wing in one of the human-run hospitals. Everyone assumed he was gathering materials to make illegal spells, not charming the organs into temporary health, then selling them on the black market. And the ATM thefts that plagued the city last Christmas, it had taken me six simultaneous charms to look like a man, but I nailed the witch. She had been using a love-charm-forget spell combo to rob naive humans. That had been an especially satisfying tag. I chased her for three streets, and there had been no time for spellcasting when she turned to hit me with what could have been a lethal charm, so I was completely justified in knocking her out cold with a roundhouse kick. Even better, the FIB had been after her for three months, and tagging her took me two days. I made them look like fools. But did I get a good job, Rachel? Did I even get a ride back to the IS Tower with my swollen foot? No. And lately I was getting even less. Sorority kids using charms to steal cable. Familiar theft, prank spells, and I couldn't forget my favorite, chasing trolls out from under bridges and culverts before they ate all the mortar. A sigh shifted me as I glanced over the bar. Pathetic. <laughs> this is why the first chapter is so great. There's yeah. so many, so much character development, world building, history in one 
and humor. I love the leprechaun. <laughs> That's right. She's after a leprechaun. She's after a leprechaun. Right. Didn't report his rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Right. Hey, Lou, what makes this book special? The world and um, Rachel's witchiness and her um, just the way she looks at the world, you know, I, 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 it's it's kind of cool, you know. She has this uh, way about her of, um, you know, in the like making everything not so serious and serious at the same time. You know what I mean? So that's why I, I, I like this book. That's why I like the book. The, you know, Maureen, what makes this book special? The layers. There's so many layers to it. For me, it was a very fun read. A very fun read. And uh, I do like urban fantasy, and it was nice to to, to go into that world because it's been a while. And it brought up other urban fantasy books that I've enjoyed. For me, what makes this book special is the rapid pace of how fast this world comes to life and all the various potentialities that have been left on the table in book one so i can't wait to read the other books and find out what's going on well that's a wrap this books from earth podcast featuring dead witch walking by kim harrison has come to an end we'd like to remind you to check out the catalog of the emperor's clothiers get your commando boxers today so you're ready to go out there and take on the world. You can find out more information about them at booksofearth.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, rate us, or visit our website, booksofearth.com. Earth makes great books. Come relive them with us. So long and until next time, all you pixies, this is Josh, Maureen, Jack, and Lou signing off. <laughs>